Hey y'all, welcome back to the Fire and Water Cooking Podcast. I am Darren, I'm your host, and today I've got another great guest, Mr. Derek Riches of DerekRiches.com. He's been reporting on outdoor cooking for over 20 years. We're going to talk to Derek about the outdoor cooking technology and how it's grown over the years. I'll be right back with Derek Riches. Smoking, grilling, getting hot and hotter, sous vide and chilling from fire and water. Hey all, I want to take a second and talk about Inkbird's brand new instant read thermometer, the IHT-1S. This thing has a lot of great high-end features and a very affordable price. It is 100% waterproof with an IP67 rating, a 2-3 second ultra-fast response time, backlit, fully rechargeable, no batteries to replace. This thing has got all the high-end features that you would want in an instant read thermometer. Very durable. So check it out, guys. Check out the Inkbird IHT-1S instant read thermometer. I think you're going to love it. It'll be your go-to instant read from now on. And now back to the Fire & Water Cooking Podcast. Welcome back to the Fire & Water Cooking Podcast. I am Darren. I am your host. And today I've got another great guest. I have Mr. Derek Riches. He is of Barbecue & Grilling with DerekRiches.com. He's been uh, actually covering the uh, grilling and smoking and barbecue uh, field for many, many years. So welcome, Derek. Tell us where you're from and what you do. Uh, well, where I'm from is actually Salt Lake City, but I live in Austin, Texas now. Um, so the snow followed me. Uh, and I've been writing about barbecue and grilling uh, professionally since 1997, uh, covering every topic from you know recipes and how to's to product reviews and industry information pretty much everything now um i've I read your about page on your website and the website is derrickriches.com all one word and i'll put a link in the description below so everybody can find it but uh, your about uh, me uh, section of the website kind of goes into detail on how you kind of grew up you know wanting to barbecue and your dad uh, I guess your neighbor gave your dad a, an old hibachi pot from Japan, and that's kind of started the real passion of of uh, trying to do low and slow and barbecue and trying to expand the outdoor cooking, huh? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, usually I tell the story. Uh, I, I, I tell people that my dad invented barbecue. Um, <laughs> I mean, he didn't know anything. Yeah, I mean, he the mountains of the west and you know, hunting and fishing and all that sort of stuff, but didn't know anything about Southern barbecue. And uh, our neighbor was a, had been a commander in the Navy, had been stationed in Japan for like a decade. And he uh, smuggled back this big, strange looking ceramic cooker. And uh, when he moved again, he just gave it to my dad. And, you know, we just called it a hibachi because that's what he called it. We didn't know anything else, uh, but it was, you know, one of the original made in Japan Kamado grills that would become the inspiration for like Big Green Egg. And um, just over the course of experimenting, my dad kind of figured one, you could just burn real wood in it. And two, you could cook at very low temperatures for long periods of time. And, you know, as I started traveling around in the, you know, early nineties and stuff, I'm like, you know, I'm actually in, in Texas in the early nineties and, 
friend of mine takes me to a barbecue joint and I'm like, yeah, I've had this. I mean, sort of. I mean, <laughs> so it's very familiar. And that kind of really got me interested in, you know, the barbecue traditions and different ways of cooking. And, you know, I started, you know, kind of got the bug at that point. And, uh, you know, when I got an opportunity to start writing about it, that's just kind of felt like a natural fit for me. And I just pursued it from there. Yeah. I grew up in upstate New York, like right on Lake Ontario and our same, same thing. Our <clears throat> idea of barbecue was throwing hot dogs and hamburgers out on the, uh, on the grill, you know, and, and yeah. maybe every once in a while, some chicken, you know, they're known for their Cornell chicken. So it's really not barbecue, right. not low and slow. It's just grilled stuff, you know, and that was it, you know, burn a couple steaks every once in a while. It wasn't until I moved to Florida back in the, uh, late seventies, early eighties, where, you know, I found ran into some real barbecue. <laughs> right, we didn't even yeah. have barbecue. We didn't even have barbecue restaurants up there. It was strictly, you know, oh, you, yeah. were, you were grilling. That's all. It wasn't really, you know, and like you, I read in your about, about, you know, it's the lighter fluid and, and charcoal, you know, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that was, and that was the, that was the flavor. It was the seasoning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, you know, really until, it's kind of in the mid nineties when you started getting people online discussing barbecue and you see this kind of, you know, people up in, you know, Oregon or Washington or something, they start getting really interested in, you know, this whole thing It really globalizes at that point, the internet really spread barbecue around the world. Um, and I was just kind of fortunate enough to be at the right time that to see kind of that explosion and in interest in that, you know, worldwide. So, uh, it's right. been an interesting journey. Yeah. And even back then you had <clears throat> some on, you know, on TV and like PBS and stuff, you know, that's where kind of Steven Reichland yeah. first kind of saw some of the stuff he did. And then, you know, Julia Childs and some of the other cooks every once in a while would throw in some stuff, but nothing really, uh, like we have today. I mean, with all the cable channels that are dedicated to cooking and, and the internet sites and, you know, and that's changed over the years. And that's another thing I want to talk about because, uh, like I said, before we started, you know, the about.com is kind of where you started. You kind of landed that because you were interested in it. And they, I don't know, cause I actually applied to be, you know, uh, one of their people to look at some of the stuff that they were doing and be one of their experts. And, um, that was pretty much open to anybody. If you gave them a, a good enough story, <laughs> they'd yeah. hire you, they, they would hire you to be there expert or their person that, you know, would go out and answer the questions and, and help people out. So how did you come about that? Cause that wasn't what you were trained in. You didn't, you know, uh, you weren't a culinary expert or anything like that. So how did you stumble into talking about barbecue? <laughs> well, I, you know, the, uh, I had been doing it work, um, starting about 96 or so. And, and like one of the first things I did was just kind of building some web pages uh, for some, you know, where I worked and, you know, doing that sort of thing. And I got kind of interested in that. So I was kind of looking for work uh, in that kind of direction, you know, what web design or something along those lines. Uh, and um, it was actually January 97. Yeah. I'm looking for work. I'm looking for, you know, something that I can kind of do on the side. And there was a, a classified ad on Yahoo uh, that, about.com um, under an, actually under its first name, which was general internet, which didn't work out very well. Um, 
was looking for people to kind of do, well, you know, we need people to do some web work and people to cover some topics. And they had a list of topics and I applied for it. Uh, and that was, I actually got accepted about three months before they even went live. So uh, I was working on it, you know, writing content and stuff, and nobody could see anything I was doing for <laughs> several months because they hadn't actually turned the switch yet. Uh, and and that's probably why I, I I got the job is because they were like just starting up and um and I I guess you know I mean I had to write samples and do a bunch of work like that and and they were happy I think with the work I did um but that's kind of how I got into that and then you know it really kind of started taking off as uh, a big service. And, you know, that gave me a lot of clout. And, and the great thing about working, you know, in that kind of environment was they handled the advertising and the servers and all the technology and, you know, all the backend stuff. All I had to do was create content. And so that freaked me up to just focus entirely on that. Um, and, uh, you know, it was great while it lasted. Yeah. And, and back then too, it wasn't, you know, video or anything like that. It yeah. was strictly, you know, writing stuff up and maybe put some links in here and there mm -hmm. to examples and all that. So it was a lot easier. And like you said, you know, I, I started my little, you know, a brand, you know, about three years ago and I started out with a Facebook page and I had bulletin board type, um, you know, stuff before yeah. not, not on cooking but other things you know so i kind of had some kind of experience on starting little groups and all that but once you start getting into doing youtube videos now you got to edit videos and produce mm -hmm. you know that kind of stuff and, and shoot and film stuff that a lot of people aren't really familiar with doing and you just got to kind of learn even doing a podcast you got to kind of learn how to do the software how to edit how to you know you know get everything up and running and doing it and i found that it's really all not that hard anymore. You know, they make it really simple, but it's still a lot more than what you had to do back then. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, now there are just so many avenues to pursue. I mean, there's a lot of great tools out there that really make it easy. You know, I mean, I tried, I took a stab at doing video in like, you know, Oh five. And it's like the cameras weren't there and you know everything right. was really very expensive to try and get into. And, you know, the video editing software was just kind of a nightmare to try and deal with. But, you know, now it's it's a lot easier. But, you know, I'm, I started out before Google existed. I mean, I've been writing right. about barbecue <laughs> before there was a search engine. So, you know, but that's just kind of part of the part of the, the process. You always have to be evolving. You always have to be kind of looking at how things change and, you know, all the different ways you can do things because, you know, in the internet, nothing sticks around forever. You know, there's always going to be some new thing that's going to come along and kind of take over from what was there before, you know? Mm -hmm. So you just always have to be very adaptive, but nowadays it's kind of like, you know, where before you just, you could write an article and that was good enough. Now it's, you want, you know, you need full detailed photography and you, you'll need video and then you'll need, you know, you know, kind of a marketing package from yeah, you know, all you the different social media everything. platforms. It's like, <laughs> yeah. you know, I've got to make graphics for Pinterest and graphics for Facebook and, you know, all of that sort of stuff. And, you know, plus it's like, you know, do you shoot wide? Do you shoot tall? Do you got to do both? Because, 
if you yeah. go to Instagram <laughs> or TikTok, it's a totally different format. So, yeah. I mean, there's always a challenge involved, but you just kind of always have to be evolving. Yeah, exactly. And that's kind of where I run into it's, it's easier to do some of that stuff now, but then again, now you got so many different platforms right. with so many different formats that now you got to, like you said, oh, do I concentrate on just one? Do I try to have a little bit in all of them? You know, and that's kind of what I try to do. But, you know, there's some things like I'm not going to bother with TikTok right now because I'm still trying to get my Instagram built up more. And, um, yeah. I, you know, I started out with one thing and I got it built up pretty good before I started venturing out. And then, you know, I started started getting a little too spread a little too thin by trying to get into everything. And it's yeah. just me. Now, if I had somebody else, you know, helping me and doing some other other stuff, you know, like, uh, you know, like with uh, Susie and Todd Bullock over at Hey Grill Hey, yeah. you know, they got they got like four people working for them now, you know, and it started out doing it themselves. But, you know, now they've got people working for them. And, you know, hopefully someday, you know, it grows big enough. I'll have some people working for me. But uh, right now then, I'm having fun yeah. doing it. So. Right. But, you know, then you start getting a staff and then you start worrying about payroll and taxes and, you know, making <laughs> sure the fun out of it. <laughs> you have to be a supervisor and, you know, you have to do all those things. So it's, you know, uh, I think that you can take things as far as you want to go, but it depends on how, where you want to focus your efforts, really, you know, right. where you want to spend your time at. So when you first started in this, uh, barbecues changed quite a lot since since then. Um, even even since the '90s, um, late '90s, it's changed a lot as far as what people are think of barbecue, how how people cook barbecue, the uh, all the stuff that's available and information that's available is a lot more out there. So when you first started, did you see? Could you predict a lot of the stuff happening that you see out there today? Oh, I no, not really. I mean, that it would be as global as it is that you'd have, you know, phenomenal barbecue joints in Perth, Australia, or, you know, <laughs> that, that the Germans would go completely nuts over all of this, or that, you know, there would be the kind of market for the kind of products uh, that there is and the diversity, you know, I mean, when I was first starting out, it was like, you know, every news source always had that annual gas versus charcoal article. And now it's like, well, gas, pellet, charcoal, electric, you know, what, you know, what avenue are you going to take? Because, um, you know, it, it's just, it's gotten broader and bigger every year. And um, so it's, you know, it it's just such a big thing now. And I mean, when I started out, it was kind of like, well, this will be just, you know, it's, it's a, it's a hobby. It's something to do on the side. Okay. It's something to kind of, you know, have fun with and, you know, maybe pick up a couple of bucks here and there. And, you know, I mean, I, I quit my day job in 2007. So, you know, I didn't anticipate that would happen. I was, you know, but it's, it, it's hard to predict the future that way. You never know yeah. how things are going to go. Now you, you've been around longer than amazing ribs and meathead. So, um, I, you know, I mean, and he's kind of grown over the years as well. And I, I I've talked to him a couple of times, had him on and he's the same way. He had no idea that it would grow as big or as quick as it did. Cause he started out, you know, in the, you know, beverage business, you know, yeah. and he, this was, this was kind of something he started off on the side and it grew into something where he couldn't manage it on his own anymore. And, 
um, every year I look and I see the new stuff that's coming out and the, the amount of people that are interested in it and the amount of new products that are actually being sold. You walk through just walking through Home Depot and Walmart in the barbecue section, there's always something new, you know, yeah. in there. And the technology that's being, you know, pushed into both the outdoor and indoor cooking with the Wi-Fi and Bluetooth and it, it just opens up the uh the whole uh you know cooking in general to more and more people they get more interested in it do you think it's going to continue in the future what do you see coming in the future with different cookers and stuff well i mean you know all of the different cooking cookers that have come along and you know in the last 20 years or so i mean one it really brings a lot of you know it, it becomes a lot more approachable uh it really gets people into things. I mean, you know, when I started out, it was the Weber Smoky Mountain that was kind of like, um, you know, the smoker to have. It was the, you know, people, there were huge forums and huge discussions. It's, you know, this little thing that you can barely put a brisket into is, <laughs> you know, is, is the great smoker of its time. And, um, you know, the explosion in pellet grills has just been phenomenal. Um, and I think that, you know, I mean, part of me says it's like, well, you know, I mean, kind of what else can, can you do? Um, but you know, I, I guess, you know, I didn't see really, you know, a company like Traeger getting big enough to start taking on Weber, you know, or, you know, to that kind of volume, but you know, it makes sense when you look at it in hindsight. So I think that it's just, it becomes so mainstream and, you know, uh, it's become regular. It's like, you know, what you're saying, it's like, you know, back 30 years ago for most people, a barbecue or a cookout was burgers and hot dogs. And, you know, now people, it's so many people have, uh, you know, a fully operating smoker in their backyard and, you know, their cookouts are ribs and brisket and pulled pork. And, uh, you know, it's a, it, it much more investment in time and energy, but there's at the same time, it's, it's so easy to do. I mean, so much of this has just made it so that, you know, pretty much anybody can pull this off, you know, pretty reasonably well. Um, you know, I mean, the first time I went to a barbecue competition was like 2002 and, you know, most of the smokers were custom made, um, you know, and that was actually a big part of going to a competition was to go around and look at everybody's, you know, smokers because, you know, they made them out of whatever they could yeah. was, was cool. I mean, I remember one guy had, in essence, a smoker made out of a small Cessna, um, you know, a, a Volkswagen turned into a smoker or you know it was just kind of crazy the sort of things people would do but you know that kind of also limited who could get into it because if you wanted a large-scale smoker they just really weren't around or they cost a lot of money and you know you could literally buy a thousand dollar smoker that's you know big enough today to let you cater events so right you know um yeah, it's just, you know, it's just amazing uh, how many people now know, you know, traditional barbecue and have an opinion on it, right or wrong. <laughs> and, 
you know, and with all the competition out there, I mean, there's demand because there's more grill companies making more grills, different grills. I mean, Big Green Egg was the only Kamado grill around for the longest time. And now you've yeah. got, you know, Primo, Kamado Joe, you got Vision, you got so many others. You got all the ones on, you know, Alibaba that you could stick your own name on. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, that's true. You know, and uh, so there's so much, uh, you know, different competitors in the same type of grills, but then there's other ones that innovate as well. Like with, uh, you know, master built now, you know, they used to be just the, you know, the electric type smoker, but now they've got the, yeah. uh, their charcoal, um, gravity fed that, you know, that they put on the market for, you know, ungodly, stupid, cheap money that people are out there buying up now. And, and, you know, five years ago, that was unheard of to have something like that out there. So I think, with all the competition, you know, drives all the different, um, not just the, you know, competition or not just, the you know, getting the same type of smokers, but also trying to figure out what the next thing's going to be. You know, you yeah. see that with, with all the, you know, flat top griddles out there, you know, with the black stones and the char and the, mm-hmm. and the camp chefs and all that, you know, trying, and then they add stuff to that. Like they got the deep fryer connector, you know, to it and a warming right. drawer. Yeah. So it's just constantly trying to make things better and, and more of it. Well, you know, I mean, that's, there's kind of always been the companies. It's like every time they see something working, they just pounce on it. And then they start adding every possible accessory they can think onto it. Um, some of these grills kind of get a kind of Swiss army knife sort of scenario going on. And sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. I mean, I remember Coleman came out with a line of gas grills that also had a deep fryer side table, which turned out to be like death hazard, but (laughs) you know, they they tried, it didn't work terribly well. They disappeared, but you know, I mean, and I think part of, because it's like, you know, we associate outdoor cooking with just, you know, fun and enjoyment. Um, and so there's just, there's an endless supply of people that just, I can do something better, or I want to invent something, or, you know, they, they take their creative energy and, you know, turn it into, you know, the, the smallest accessories or the biggest, uh, grills, whatever. I mean, it's, it, it, it's, it's kind of encouraging in a way, I guess, to see just the extremes of creativity that people will go to, to, uh, you know, try and come up with something different or something new. Um, and that's kind of one of the things that's really fun about the industry is, you know, every year I'm kind of surprised by, wow, somebody thought of that. That's a probably won't work out, but you know, it's at least it's inventive. It's, it's interesting. Now you kind of mentioned this a little bit earlier about, you know, Traeger taking on Weber, you know, now Weber is trying to take on Traeger with their, you know, smoke fire pellet yeah. grills. And that was, you know, a long time in the making. They didn't, you know, they, they thought they had done all their R and D on it. They had a little bit of a, you know, snafu when they had released it, there was a lot of negative press yeah. that came out and some issues. And, you know, some people were trying to cover it up, but they, they kind of acknowledged eventually that they had some issues with the design, but, but still, you know, it's, you know, a company that traditionally was, you know, charcoal, you know, smokers and, you know, kettle grills. And now they incorporate a pellet grill, which they have to be a technology company because they're using Wi-Fi and Bluetooth and app function. What do you think about, you know, companies like that, that try to change what they are to fit what's going on in the industry? 
Well, you know, I mean, both Traeger and Weber have have said recently that they're they are technology companies. And I kind of take issue with that because to me, it's like, how far can you deviate from from your core product uh, and change your thinking and your mindset and still kind of be there for, uh, you know, your consumers? But uh, I don't know. I think that's kind of a fight that that doesn't really end up having much of a winner to it. Um yeah, of course, Weber was going to come out with a pellet grill. They had to, you know, it just became too big of a market. Yeah, obviously they rushed it to market and it wasn't ready for prime time quite yet. Um, and they've had to backpedal a lot. Uh, but, you know, it it was just too big, you know, to, to pass up on. Um, you know, and, and Traeger's kind of pushing the same sort of thing and they're trying to fight out that, you know, they own everything. Uh, but you know, the thing of it is, is it's like, you know, I remember when Traeger was, uh, you know, you know, just Traeger, they were the only pellet grill makers they were, you know, and, and they never really kind of got out of their own small time thinking, you know, for 30 years because they just figured they were kind of the only they were the only, uh, you know, name in the game. And, uh, once their patent ran out and everyone jumped onto it, that really kind of sent shockwaves through the whole industry. Um, but most people, you know, even, you know, a decade ago, never would have assumed that pellet grills would be the kind of scale that they are today. Uh, and, you know, I, I still kind of think it's, you know, it, it, it still could be almost anyone's game in that regard. Um, because despite all the technology and, you know, all the, the big push for that, uh, most people fall back to reliability. You know, it's like, well, I had one of those and I just didn't like it. And, you know, or they were just trying to make it too fancy and simplicity can really win out, uh, you know, in this sort of business. Because, you know, it's not, you know, we're not actually you know, this isn't rocket science. It's not an actual technology game. It's uh, backyard cooking and, you know, you can do it on almost anything. You know, it doesn't take that much thought and effort to design a good grill that works very well for people, but you know, I don't know. You got to put a lot of bells and whistles on things to attract certain customers, I guess. Yeah. And I think like you're saying, and you're kind of hinting at sometimes some of these companies, they let quality go instead of, um, you know, by putting some of this other stuff in, you know, I know yeah. that that one of my big complaints with the master built, you know, gravity fed. And I had, I had the uh, John Mac Macklemore, John Macklemore on. Yeah. And he even said that, you know, he had his guys that designed it. He had a price point that Walmart and all those people that sell mm-hmm. it, you know, had to be at. So it wasn't make me the best smoker. Yeah. It was, if you can make it 500 bucks, you know, see what you can do with it. And, you know, that's yeah. what happens is that thing could, you know, for a couple of, they put a little bit more money into it, you know, and then it didn't, wouldn't take a whole lot more, you know, if you make it at $900, it would be a really good, you know, quality product. But right. unfortunately they make it so cheap that 
you know, the Bluetooth goes out or the, you know, the, the, this goes out or this burns out because they use cheaper materials. Yeah. And, you melt through the bottom of it or, yeah. you know, and you know, that is, you know, in my time doing this, uh, that's actually been one of the biggest frustrations. I mean, when I first started, you know, writing about grills and smokers and stuff, Charbroil still made all their products in the United States. Um, there weren't very many imports, uh, but the big box stores, they don't see grills as um, a product they carry as, you know, as a destination item. People are picking them up because they're here in the store because they're used to shopping here. So we want to hit a really low price point so we can you know, get them out the door. And that really just starts cutting into so many of these products because particularly since most of it's gone to overseas it's not just you know can we hit the price point but we also have to actually keep the weight down for the shipping costs and for the warehousing costs right and and that that's been hard to deal with um you know some companies they'll kind of try and split it they'll try and do kind of the big box side versus you know a, a better brand, maybe something more specialty retailer. I mean, you know, Traeger kind of has that. The Timberline grills weigh a lot more and are built better than what they sell at, you know, like a Home Depot. You know, their $800 basic, you know, what is it, the Pro 22. There's a lot more construction into it because they know they're selling it to kind of a higher market space. Uh, some companies just kind of get into, Oh, we're just going to go for a big box. That's going to be our, 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 our direction. And we will go by what they tell us we're going to be able to sell the product for it. That's kind of what was killing Masterbuilt before they got taken over. Um, not that, you know, they're necessarily not still playing that game, but at least now they're trying, they're being very innovative about what they're developing. If they can get the execution down a little bit better, I think they could make a product that you know has a better, you know, better track record. I mean, I'd love to see a you know, a, you know, one of their gravity feed charcoal units at fifteen hundred dollars with a you know good solid cooking chamber and a lot better uh, construction so that it would work better. Because I think there's a space for that in the market. People Definitely. loved the idea. Yeah. But a lot of people kind of felt they got gypped a bit because it didn't work the way they thought it was going to be. And, you know, I mean, that's kind of what happened to Weber Smokefire is a lot of people bought it. And it's like, well, it keeps not working right. I mean, and and it's kind of weird that we live in a time where the companies that are producing products are like, oh, we'll catch that in the next software upgrade. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> be a firmware upgrade. Well, how can you yeah. do that? Grease fires are not a yeah. firmware update. Changing the firmware is not going to alter the pellets flowing into the <laughs> hopper, but right. you do your thing, I guess. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, it's, I guess that's a catch all. It's a catch all on, you know, what we're, yeah. what we're going to be able to do to fix it. And well, uh, if, I guess if you think you're a technology company, then you start thinking you're like Apple or Microsoft or something like that. And it's, we can fix this on a software side. Like, no, it doesn't always work that way, but. <laughs> hey, all I want to introduce you to a company I just started working with fresh Jack's organic spices out of Jacksonville, Florida. They're a small, family-run company that's fast-growing. 
I've tried a bunch of their different seasoning blends and spices, and I can tell you they are all fresh, all organic. None of them contain artificial flavors or sweeteners. None of them have anti-caking agents or preservatives. They all taste like they were just made for you yesterday. Check them out, guys. They're on Amazon in the link below. They have different sample packs, different blends. Like I said, they also have the individual seasonings and spices as well. Fresh Jack's Organic Spices. Check them out, guys. I love them. So you, I'm going to pull up your website here because I want to show people where what we're talking about. So this is your website here, Barbecue and Grilling with Derek Riches. And, uh, it's DerekRiches.com, but that's what your uh, you name it's Barbecue and Grilling with Derek Riches. So you got a lot of stuff on here um, from all the years that you've been covering uh, outdoor cooking. So, and uh, you do a lot of uh, reviews for grills. So how do you look at grills since you've been doing this for so long and you know some of the ins and outs and where people are buying these? You know, most of the grills on in you know Home Depot, Walmart, or anymore are those grills that came from Alibaba. <laughs> you know, yeah, char charbroiler and char you know or charbroil and char griller and all that. A lot of that stuff is just you know thrown together and and put up there really really cheap. So how how do you go about when you go and you test a grill or you uh, do a grill review? How do you look at what do you look at? Um. Well, I mean, a lot of it is kind of uh, an experience issue. Uh, I look at who's making it. I look at where it's coming from. I think, you know, it's... Um, um, there, there's a lot of reputation bits to it. You know, I, I, I know a lot of the companies personally. I've been through hundreds of factories. I've been all over the place. Um, and then I'll, you know, I, I get down with a grill and I basically try to ruin it as quickly as I can, <laughs> but you know, it's, I look at my perspective is this. If I look at what, you know, the consumer is going to get out of it. I, I want to recommend something that you're going to be able to make it work. It's not going to be overly complicated and you're going to be able to rely on it. Reliability is a big thing and durability is a big thing. There are so many grills these days that, you know, particularly in like the gas grill range and stuff like that, they may only last uh, two, three years at the best, depending upon where you live. I mean, if you were in Tampa, Florida, things rust fast. Oh yeah. Right. You know, I mean, versus, you know, Las Vegas or something like that. But I'm trying to think of like what, you know, uh, what's the first reaction of consumer? What I try to avoid is recommending something that someone's not going to have a good first experience with, because I think that that's very important. Um, and, and, it, and it's also, you know, with recipes or with cooking techniques or anything like that, I want somebody who's new to be able to go out, buy something that they can count on that's going to work out of the box that they're not going to have issues with. And they're going to have a good first experience with, because if you have that good first experience, you're going to come back, you're going to go back to it and you're going to try other things and you're going to explore and you're going to do more things. Um, it's bad, in my opinion, to the industry that there's a lot of really bad products out there that don't work right. And that people just get frustrated with and go, I'm done. I'm, I, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't enjoy it. 
um, because it is something we do for enjoyment. I mean, you don't, I mean, honestly, do you, how often do you fire up a grill or a smoker because, oh, it's Tuesday and I've got to make dinner? Mm-hmm. You know, it, you're doing it because it's fun and it should be enjoyable. You should get something out of it. And it should be about the process of cooking and, and, and that sort of experience. And so that's kind of, you know, my, my first reference in, you know, in reviewing products is, is it going to fulfill that need? Is it going to work for that? And then it's a matter of, you know, you know, where's the source from who's actually manufacturing it? What's their reputation? Like what's their customer service? Like what are the feedback from my readers over all these years have to say about these sort of things? And, you know, what kind of people work there? You know, what kind of people are in these businesses? I mean, there are companies that's like, Everyone who works there has been there for less than two years, but the company's 20 years old. And then there's people, it's like the company's 30 years old. And not only are people working there that have been there for 30 years, their kids are now working there. It's like, okay, that to me is impressive because you're thinking long-term. So, you know, I mean, that's a big factor of it. And then you get into the mechanics of does it heat properly? Is the airflow right? You know, are the cooking grates going to hold together, you know? you know, all the technical factors that'll go along with it. And then I just kind of put all of this information into my giant monster 25 year old (laughs) database of stuff (laughs) and start pulling out what I think works best. Well, that's, that's one of the benefits of you being doing this for so long that you know what to look for. You know, some of these manufacturers, you know, where it's being sourced from the materials that they use yeah. And like you were saying, I, I'm guilty of being one of those people that would go, this was, you know, years ago, I'd buy a gas grill, um, at the home Depot or what have you. And then a year and a half later, I'm having to switch out the elements because they rotted out and they charged me another 50 bucks, Yeah, you know, for the stuff that's made, it just rots out. And, mm-hmm. you know, you get sick of that after a while and you go, it's just not worth it because it makes it not fun. It makes it to where you dread, you know, oh. Yeah, I haven't used my grill in a month and a half. I'm going to go out there and it's going to be rotted out. You know, am I going to have to get a new one? And I've done that with several, several different things. And it's because they do, they just, they make them really cheap. They make them that way so that you have to go back and buy something else or something new and, and all that. So, yeah, there is a, there is a disposability factor. It's kind of been in the industry for quite a while. Um, And it, it is driven by, you know, major retailers who, they want to be able to put on their floor a grill that costs 500 bucks. That's both gas and charcoal or hell now gas and pellet with a side burner and a rotisserie system and lights and now Wi-Fi functionality. I mean, do it for 500 bucks. I'm like, wow, that's impressive that you can do that. You know, what are you making it out of foil? Right. Um, well, and then it comes back to where now I've got to buy these other parts and stuff that, mm-hmm, you know, yeah. to, to fix it and all, all that. So, yeah, I mean, and l- literally the outdoor cooking area and Walmarts and, and all those the target have expanded so much in the last few years because of all they're, they're figuring out we, we can sell the charcoal, yeah. the wood, the, the, mm-hmm. all the utensils that are especially utensils. Well, you got to have this big spatula that, you know, you can use for making smash burgers and all that. I mean, <laughs> you know, they didn't used to have that. They'd have maybe, you know, two little things and a couple bags of charcoal and then, you know, seven or eight different types of grills. And that was it. Yeah. You know? And now there's so many different things that they, you know, 
I mean, people are buying these flat top grills. Like I, you know, said before, you know, Walmart's got a whole big Blackstone section with, you know, six different types of uh, flat mm-hmm. top grills now oh, and yeah. all the accessories to go with it. You know, you got to right. have the little squirt bottle that says Blackstone on it. And that, not the <laughs> one you could buy at the dollar store, you know? <laughs> well, you know, I mean, it, it, accessories is a huge market and, and it's just exploded. It, you know, you used to buy a basic barbecue tool kit and it had a spatula and a fork and some tongs and now there's this huge i mean uh weber employs more people more designers in the accessory division than they do in the grill division Um, that's something that says something too because now that they're into the pellet grills you know they right you know it's totally different beast yeah and 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 they will continue to come out with all sorts of accessories and i usually tell people it's like you know if you if you need uh, tools and accessories for your grill go to a restaurant supply store they're really cheap there oh yeah <laughs> you know it'll save you so much money and they usually work better because it's like the 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 tongs that they sell they have some right here somewhere you know as a grill tool if you have to actually flip a whole a, a lot of stuff with it your hand gets tired because they're that stiff steel spring but if you go to a, just get the clamshell tongs at the supply store that cost you three bucks it's they're lightweight and easy to use and they actually last really well and you throw them in your dishwasher and you're good to go. Um, I usually discourage, um, a lot of accessories just because it is that it is a gimmick and yeah, you know, this whole notion that you have to have branded everything. Um, I, I'm not, I'm not of that, uh, Cal, you know, that ilk. I, I'm, Oh, there's, there's plenty of brand people out there. That's for yeah. sure. I mean, you know, you have that with everything with cars and, mm-hmm. uh, sporting equipment. I mean, every, you know, but it's, it's big on the grills too. You got, you know, big green a makes a great product. I'm not going to trash any products, but you got people that they'll only, yeah. you know, buy big green egg stuff and they'll buy every big green egg accessory yeah. that's out there and, and they'll buy the, you know, the barbecue guru that says big green egg on it, but they won't buy the one that doesn't, you know, for $20 cheaper or whatever. Yeah. I, when I was probably, uh, 1999, I was, I met, uh, there was this woman who was literally the only person that specialized in marketing for outdoor cooking. And she told me, says, you know, cause I was just, I was working on writing reviews and doing sort of stuff like this. And she says, there's three, there's three, three grills. You don't, criticize you you know be careful around because their fan base will attack you <laughs> Roast and, that, you. <laughs> and that was traeger and this was you know early days traeger mm-hmm. holland grill and big green egg and you don't mess with the fan base because they are religiously fanatical about it and you know you can say what you will about big green egg they actually invented the idea of having a grill festival for their grill. And that was the fan base. That wasn't the company. People who bought the grills started um, Eggtoberfest and would get together with all of their eggs, cart them to you know a big park. And now they actually have it at the, at the Atlanta Speedway and cook all day long and just give food to people and trade recipes and techniques and stuff like that. I mean, man, can you imagine that kind of, uh, kind of consumer base? It's incredible. Yeah. And they still have them today. We had a local one here just yeah. last week. Um, yeah. They're all over the place, you know, for the whole, 
you know, tri-county area where I live here in the Tampa area. I mean, mm-hmm. the, and people do, they, and bring, you know, the big green egg dealers sponsor them and they give right. discounts. And so, yeah. I mean, and there's always a ton of people there, you know, coming that have never, you know, thought of buying one and they'll walk out, you know, Hey, you know, come back tomorrow when this is all done and you can buy this used one for well, a you couple can buy hundred the one dollars. Used. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know it's, it's and, insane. I, I mean, I actually, I've, I've been a couple of times to the, the big event in Atlanta and the line of trucks that when, when they start selling off the eggs that, you know, they brought out for people to use is insane. I mean, it just, half a mile of pickup trucks coming to load up a big green egg to cart at home because they got it for a hundred bucks off. Um, uh, wow. It's that's some, you know, that's impressive, but you know, there's kind of a, a downside to that. It's, you know, in a way it's people become so militant about what they're using. You know, I've seen people, it's like, Oh, you know, I have a trigger. You have a pit boss. I'm better than you are. It's like, right. "Mm, (laughs) Actually, did you know they're actually made in the same factory? Right. (laughs) They're, they're made in the same factory. They're just branded differently. And it's a contract job. Um, Being on team trigger or team, whatever to me is, it gets a little ridiculous because then you start buying $500 jackets and it's like, well, I, I guess if you've got that kind of money, fine i don't but or you know you just say i can't eat anything that's not cooked on a big yeah egg it's or, like well, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah because oh. if, if you can tell me which pellet grill cooked your you know your <laughs> whatever you know that that chicken i i will be impressed if you know yeah um it's like the trying to differentiate the different kinds of pellets it was cooked with or charcoal, you know, it's, uh, you know, yeah. I mean, people got, say they can, but I've no, never they seen can, it proven. Yeah. <laughs> people will say anything. It's yeah. like, it's like a fine wine. I can tell what charcoal you use. Yeah. No, I, yeah. Don't, I don't think so. So um, I don't really believe that about wine either, but when it comes to people <laughs> who can tell me where the wood pellets were sourced, I'm like, okay. <laughs> You know, but, you know, again, that kind of goes back to the point that, you know, this is a fun thing to do. And and that means that you can you can be a fan and you can be you know involved in the community and you can be on all the Facebook groups and you can be out there posting your pictures of everything you've cooked. And and for a lot of people, that's great. They love it. it it's exciting. And, and uh, it kind of fuels the industry in a way. So, yeah. And it's just like anything you're going to have people that are brand centered. You're going to have people that just love to cook. You're going to have people that, you know, like me, I love to cook and I cook on every, I got seven different grills out on my patio because I love to do it. Like, yeah. And I'm, I'm sure you got more than just one grill sitting out on your patio. And it's just something where, you know, I use this one for this. I use this one for that. And I, I try to experiment with this one to see where it's fun. I got a PK, I got a hasty bake. I got Kamado Joe. I've got, you know, Traeger, you know, they're all, fun to use and they're all, I use them for different things. Sometimes yeah. I'd, you know, so it's, to me, it's, it's, you know, just fun to play around with stuff and, and, and cook things on it and see what else I can do. Expand my repertoire. It's, oh yeah. You know, it, that's what I love about it. Not just, you know, I've got this grill and it's the best in the world and I'm just going to sit here and pet my grill. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, but you know, I mean, actually that's kind of, 
um, you know, one of the other weird things about the time we live in, because, you know, I mean, I, I watched the, well, I have a grill, but now I also need a smoker and that made perfect sense. They do different things, but then, you know, I have this kind of grill and then I have this kind of grill and I have this kind of grill. And, you know, now we have that whole thing. I and mean, it's one of the things that really sells the flat tops is this reverse sear thing. You know, I put my steaks on my, on my pellet grill and I, you know, cook them low and slow for an hour. And then I fire up my flat top to get that sear on there. <laughs> and it's like, well, okay, you know, cool. It, it, that works really well. I mean, I've done it many times myself. Um, but the multiple grill household is, uh, you know, that that's also, you know, fed the growth so much over the years. Oh, the full blown outdoor kitchens. I mean, mm -hmm. people have, you know, uh, I haven't had a gas grill in a while because I'm, I'm just really, I fell out of love with gas grills. Like I said, you know, they get yeah. falling apart and I really, you know, they don't add a whole lot of flavor, but they're starting to come, you know, they're coming around too. I mean, there's some new ones that are coming out that, you know, have the Wi-Fi. you know, and you can actually dial the temperature in and, and all that. Like you can now on, on some of the pellet grills and, and, uh, the, the smoker controllers and, you know, the blowers and stuff out there, there's some things yeah. that are, coming, coming out that it just makes it a little bit more interesting and intriguing to me, but, um, and they're starting to make some that, that will last a long time as well. So, well, I mean, there's always been, you know, there's always been, um, a very High good rim. gas grills yeah. that will last a very, very long period of time, but nobody tends to buy them and they're only sold in very small distribution channels. So, I mean, uh, modern home products, broil, um, broil master, you know, and, um, uh, you know, Pacific gas and some of these, you know, companies that have lineages that go back to the first days of gas grills when, when they were built, they literally had to last forever because the gas companies gave them away. Um, you know, some of those are still around it's, and, and I try to tell people, it's like, well, if you're tired of replacing your gas grill by one of these, it'll last you for 20 years. And, but, you know, I mean, it became such a throwaway item in the last 20 years that people just don't see it that way. And I think yeah. that's part of the reason that gas grills have taken, taken it kind of on the chin, but you're right. It's not like it adds a whole lot of flavor to what you're doing. Um, it was always a convenience factor. It was always the simplicity of it. And now right. pellet grills are literally as simple. So why have gas? So what's the, your favorite, just off the top of your head, what do you have on your patio? That's your favorite thing to go out and cook on. Uh, uh, you know, in all honesty, the thing that's consistently held with me over the years has been my Weber kettle because it's so simple and yet so versatile. I mean, I can right. do all sorts of stuff with it. Um, and it's, you know, to, to sit there and say that of, of a grill that you can get for 90 bucks, uh, I think is phenomenal. And I still say, it's like, you know, if you want a good grill that you can, and really want to explore cooking, get one of these. I mean, I love my egg, but like I said, I've had one for 20 years. Um, and I, you know, I recently actually upgraded to the XL. So I have a really big green egg now. <laughs> so, and that's great. You know, I mean, that, that's my go-to pizza cooker and, you know, all that sort of stuff, because yeah, I can, get that thing at 800 degrees and hold it steady and, you know, do all those things with it. But, um, you know, for all these years for me, simplicity is a big deal. And so, um, you know, 
And and I have actually I have a an, an open grill which was made for me, which is just you know it's just a, an open grill with a adjustable grate. It's an old style, you know. I used to call them the Santa Maria styles or stuff like that. Mm-hmm. The, the coal grate goes up and down to adjust the heat, and it's just open. There's no lid. There's no nothing. It's just straightforward cooking, and and I love cooking on that because it is just you know it it's literally like the street grill. It's Right. It's That's kind just, of what I use my PK for. I have a, a yeah, PK out there. Yeah. When I want to grill some steaks or you know, grill up some chicken, you know, I can get that thing up and going really quick. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, the fire's really close, close, close to the grate and I can just toss yeah. something on there really quick and get it going and have it done. So, and I do, I do about, love the PK grill. I always have, and I'm really glad that that product got saved. Yeah. You know, so yeah, there's some really great grills. Like, you know, I recently got a hasty bake and that thing, you know, for being as old as it is, the design, I mean, they've yeah. tweaked it over the years, but it's still, you know, I mean, you got some grills now uh-huh. that are finally starting to catch on that, you know, Hey, I can make the, the, the charcoal bed go up and down and it makes it a better smoker in this. So you got some other companies now that are starting to figure that out and they're incorporating that even some custom uh, ones yeah. like Lone Star Grills out of Texas there, right. you know, they're, they're starting to make some grills like that as well. So, um, you know, so some of those designs that have been around forever, you know, people are starting to figure out, you know, they were a, a regional type grill forever and they're still kind of still close to yeah. that o- Oklahoma area, but you know, True. people are starting to discover them and go, Hey, these are pretty decent cookers. Oh, uh, you know, I've always loved tasty bacon and, and, and the people there are great. You know, I mean, yeah, it's definitely. still, it still has its roots. Yeah. which I, you know, I love to see so many companies have been bought out or taken over or, you know, just completely changed corporate out. and corporate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, these private equity firms buying up all of our great grill making companies. It's just sad, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I love those companies that still have their lineage that can still say, you know, grandpa invented this. I love, yeah. you know, I, I love those. Um, and I think that and, the people who re you know, who brought PK back still kind of re- believe that you know they're still trying to continue that tradition sure and, but hasty bake is one of those you know they, they they just go back you know so far and you know yeah it's not what you would call modern looking but no <laughs> it really really does extraordinarily well right exactly so you um before we finish up here we haven't really talked about so you've been in, doing this for a long time now you have you ever competed in barbecue competitions or anything like that? When you watched all of the shows start coming out on the cable channels, how, how did you react to that? I mean, what did you think about all that? And, and I did you I get more of, popular? Did, did your you know people follow you? Start more people start following you because of that? Or oh, I don't. I no, I don't. I don't think that any of that kind of directly benefited me. I mean, I was. Before, I mean, before Barbecue Pitmasters ever came online, I was doing 5 million readers a month. Um, but I, <clears throat> I, I mean, I've been to tons of competitions. I know tons of competitors. You know, I've occasionally I've lent a hand, but I don't have kind of the desire to compete. I think it... I mean, one, I recognize that if I was going to do it, I'd really have to go in all, you know, all the way. And that's a time obligation on my part that, that I don't know that I'm willing to make. Uh, I also like sleeping. Sleeping is important <laughs> for me. And, and if I was competing, I know I wouldn't because, uh, you know, I, I, 
would be too amped up and not be able to yeah. relax and enjoy the experience. I mean, I, one of the things I love about going to competitions is just hanging out at the competitions and, you know, being able to kind of sneak in. And, you know, it's, I've always known enough people that I can kind of sneak back and take some samples and, you know, enjoy that end of it. So uh, I'd much rather do that than compete. That just looks like too much work. Yeah. I talked to Meathead about that once and he said he just have a big target on his back. There's no reason he's got nothing to prove and, you know, a lot to lose if, you know, <laughs> well, because they're so subjective, you know, you, you can, um, the way, especially yeah. now I talked to, you know, like Malcolm Reed and some of the, it's just so hit or miss anymore. And, um, a lot of the competitors are using a lot of the same stuff and they're all trying to hit those same flavor p profiles and stuff like that. Now that it's very hard to, uh, to maybe Myron Mixon doesn't win every competition he goes to anymore. No. I mean, he, <laughs> so, well, actually, um, I met up my, with Myron once at a competition in South Carolina a long, long time ago. He was, uh, it was the South Carolina state championship three, you know, uh, there's, uh, ribs, pork and chicken. And, um, it was right before the Royal. And so, uh, you know, he did the pork and the chicken South Carolina style. And, and I love that style. I, I just, the tanginess and, and, and the vinegar of it. And then he did his ribs, Kansas city style because he won another practice run before the Royal. So he won first place in, in those two categories and last in the ribs, but you know, he threw away the competition. He wasn't there to win. Um, so, you know, but Myron's an interesting character. He's a strange <laughs> person. I mean, I've, I've had long conversations with him and every time I meet him, it's the first time for him. <laughs> right. <laughs> but you know, I, I remember in the nineties that people complained about barbecue competitions being arbitrary and the judges don't know what they're doing. And it's, it's a crap shoot. And, you know, it just depends on what table you land on. That's always been a complaint. That's always been there, but I do kind of have a problem with the fact that so many people going in with coming out of barbecue forums or, you know, discussion groups or something like that, going, thinking, this is the rub I have to have. This is the sauce I have to have. This is the injection I have to have. And I need to go stock up and buy all these things. And it's like, it's a cooking competition. Shouldn't you make that yourself? Right. People used to, <laughs> and, you know, they, they used right. to do all that themselves, but yeah, I I'm, that is kind of another thing of it because I would, I'd, I mean, what, you know, my, my position with, with cooking barbecue is trying different things, not trying to do the same thing every time. Right. And that's also another reason why, you know, I mean, if I did compete, I probably would screw it up because I'd be like, you know, what would be interesting here? Orange, orange sounds good today. Yeah. You know, that sort of thing. And, you know, you're just going to ruin your turn in box because you've gone for a strange flavor, but I also kind of, I don't know. There's kind of a purist in me that says, you know, I'd want to make everything myself and not go for the exact profile that everyone else does. I mean, that's ultimately that's the thing about barbecue competitions. There's not a creativity score, right? It's, it's a narrowing thing. It's like, how close can you get to what most people are going to think is the perfect flavor for barbecue? And I respect that. And I understand that. But I also kind of have an issue with the fact that so much of it is now Kansas City style, not necessarily other styles. I mean, you know, you've got Florida Barbecue Comp Association down there. You've got the Carolina people. I, I don't know how many how many groups we have in Texas today because it's probably changed today. Um, 
but so much of competition barbecue is, you know, centered around a single flavor profile. And, and for me, I just, I kind of lose interest a bit in a way. Yeah. So that, but I mean, I love the competitions. I love hanging out there. Yeah. I think they're fun. And I think that, um, they're a different animal. That's for sure. Every, everybody that I've had on my podcast, that has been a competitor or even the famous ones go, you know, barbecue competitions are more, you know, to have fun and, and mm-hmm. what you're cooking for a competition is not what you're eating at home or what you're cooking right. at home. Oh, exactly. So it's uh, a lot different. Um, e- even they know it they're, they're, yeah. they're cooking I mean, for that one bite and they don't want to eat a whole rack of Johnny Triggs ribs with all the things stuffing on it. Now, what well, about the, uh, the steak, the steak cook-offs? Have you ever looked at those? Have you been to those and uh, you know, they've changed? Yeah, I mean, I, I've been to a few, uh, it's been really interesting how popular they become. Um, I mean, it makes sense. It's quick, you know, because, um, you know, you're certainly not, you just certainly don't have the time commitment of a barbecue competition. And, uh, it, they're, they're fun to watch. Um, but yeah, uh, again, that's kind of a, I think I would, I might, I don't know. I, I, I might try one sometime just for the fun of it. I I would love to be able to like go to one anonymously that way there'd be no (laughs) ramifications when I did horrible at it. But um, just change your name to like Rick Derrick or something. Yeah, like just, just <laughs> going with an assumed name, and you know. Wear, well, and one of the things I've seen, I've seen of those. Just I follow some of those Facebook groups with a lot of the guys, and and have had the SCA guys on and talked about it, and even some like with Malcolm. You know, he does those too. Mm-hmm. He finds them fun. But they started it seems over the last couple of years. The more popular they got, they've they've gotten down to, you know, everything's got to be round. All the steaks got to be, you know, round yeah. and they got to have the grill marks just a certain way. And it gets more of everybody's stuff looks the same and the flavor, like just getting to where barbecue is the flavor profiles yeah. are the same. And it's like a crap shoot. You know, you flip a coin, which one's which, because they all look the same. They all have the same grill marks. They all taste the same. So, well, I think right. that's, it's, you know, cause you have to have the PK grill. Yeah. <laughs> and you have to have, you know, Brad's real great rates. Yeah. Um, Brad has done really, really well with that. Brad's an old friend. So, um, and then, and that's just the thing. It's like, oh, well, we had a competition and this person won. Do you know what rub they used? You know, it's like, you'll see that on Facebook and stuff, you know, right. who won, what rubs were they using? You know, what did they use? And because everyone wants to imitate it. And um, I would love to see someone do a state competition with a creativity score. Yeah. <laughs> just, just for the fun of it, just to see where that goes. I think that'd be, that, that would be interesting. Um, but you know, you're right. The, the, the more interest there gets, the more kind of cutthroat the competition becomes and the more the stakes go up. Yeah, and more the the box gets smaller and what they're looking for and the judges, right. yeah, what, you know, the, it's not, doesn't expand more like, okay, well this one, one, and it's totally different than that one. It's, you know, it starts to shrink. Okay. Now it's, everybody's got to make it smaller and, you know, it's the creativity part gets kind of sucked out of it. Well, I think about it. It's like, you know, chili competitions used to be huge. I mean, that was, you know, there would be, you know, state chili cook-offs and there'd be the national mm-hmm. chili cook-offs and, you know, Texas, would, there was a chili cook-off every, every weekend. And they kind of died out when it became a competition to see who could make the spiciest chili. 
Right. Because every, cap, right. When they're carting no flavor, out the, right. the guy's it's, falling down going, oh, I can't yeah, breathe. That, that they're one. carting the judges out on stretchers because it's just gotten preposterous. And that kind of killed it. Yeah. You know, a bit. So, and, and, you know, I'm not saying the competition barbecue is going to die. Um, but I think that a little more variety would be interesting. I mean, um, you know, uh, Sterling ball used to do the, um, the smoke. What was that in California? That was a no technology cook-off, you know, it was charcoal, you know, no pellet grills, no, you know, no controllers, nothing like that. And, you know, I'd love to see some more things like that, you know, some variation, no injections, no, uh, well, <laughs> maybe three different ingredients and that's it, you know, well, or, like or, <laughs> you know, or, uh, you know, you can only come in with raw ingredients, right. you're going to make everything yourself, you know, just to have some of those sort of things. Cause I think that, you know, let's keep it interesting. It's, right. you know, let's have some variety in the roles a little bit, maybe. And I know that there's a million competitors who are going to listen to this and go, oh, you're so wrong. But, yeah. you know, I don't know. I actually have these conversations with people who have won multiple world championships and they, they kind of agree with me on some of this. It's like it's too regimented i mean chris marks is a old friend of mine we've known him for years and you know i'm actually helped him out of the royal when he was just playing around because he stopped trying to win a long time ago but he has nine world championships and he's like yeah i don't you know this is where i lost interest was when everyone started using the exact same ingredients and and i i gotta kind of agree with that a bit I think the love, you know, the, the excitement and the love gets lost when you uh, start doing that and you're yeah, playing, playing to hit a certain profile and you're not really exploring, you know, how I can make something <laughs> taste better. It's more of, I want to make it exactly like, you know, yeah, Myron did or, you know, whoever, you know, it's just, yeah. It, and, it, and the so idea there's a Johnny Triggs ribs, cause I know they win, you know, it's Yeah. I know, but <laughs> I've seen people try to do Johnny Triggs rigs and Johnny Triggs still, you know, his ribs and been Johnny still wins. So, you know, you know, and, and you know, you can make that argument also. And people say it's very arbitrary. It's like, why does Chris Lilly keep winning Memphis and May, you know, or Tuffy, one of those two is going to tend to win it, but you know, okay. Not always, but you know, they <laughs> consistently can. And it's, you know, but that's, you know, I argue it's experience. Those guys are so good because they've done it so many times. You know, yeah. nobody's probably cooked more pork shoulders than Chris Lilly. Just so one last question I got, because we talked, you talked about hit on this just a little bit talking about competitions. What's your favorite style of barbecue? Because there's all different kinds out there. You got North Carolina, South Carolina, Memphis, uh, Kansas City, Texas. You're in Texas now, so yeah, I am in Texas. I, you know, I, <clears throat> I love Central Texas barbecue. I love Central Texas brisket, particularly when it's you know it's traditional, you know, uh, open pit, salt and pepper, and it's just the meat. I love that. Um, I, but I, I do really love uh, South Carolina pulled pork. Uh, it's just that's that I will go out of my way for that. And now, you know, if it's the yellow it's mustard really kind or the, cause you got different kinds in each, even well, South Carolina. I know, I know. <laughs> well, you know, it actually, that is dependent on how I feel that day. 
I yeah. love, I love a good mustard sauce. I love a good Piedmont. Um, sometimes I want it spicy and sometimes I want it a little sweet, but you know, I not, I, I love the tanginess of it and, and, you know, but that's, that's what I love about barbecue, yeah. you know, is because there's so many different there's kinds a, of, there's bar- so much yeah. variation. And, and that's, you know, I love finding new things. I love finding someone who's done something different or, you know, they're drawing from a tradition that, you know, you don't get into as much. Um, that's, that's kind of where my passion for it is. And, and that's what I want to see preserved is the diversity of it. Not the, that one competition winning style. Exactly. And I think that's what people really, if they look at it and they go, okay, Hey, you know, a lot of people don't know that in uh, Western Kentucky, mutton is a big barbecue. Oh, yeah. you know, it's like all over. They have festivals of it yeah. up there, you know. And then you ben? go to East Eastern North Carolina and, and Western North Carolina. It's two different kinds of mm-hmm. sauces and oh, yeah. and way you're cooking. So I mean, it's and you know, whole hog is over here, and then over here it's ribs, and then Tennessee is totally different. Alabama, it's all yeah. chopped, you know. And and so I mean, yeah, it's just every region has their own kind and to me that's what makes it fun and what makes it great you can yeah. eat two weeks you know straight had different barbecue every night you could <laughs> you really could and that would be that would be a great two weeks and that's exactly. you know that's why i tell people get out travel go places you know if you've yeah. got the opportunity to to just find some out of the way place that is in a region you're not familiar with go give it a try because exactly you know that's what we should be doing we we should be barbecue is the American culinary tradition. I mean, it's distinctly American in, in and every possible everywhere way. you go <laughs> and it changes. It can change within five miles, depending upon where you are. And, and, and that's what we should be preserving. And so, you know, I mean, that's one of my big passions is preserving the diversity of it. And even with all this technology and changes that we have that make it easier for us at home to do it, it it still boils down to that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, Derek, well, I want to I want to oh. thank you for being on. And um, well, you go ahead. You finish up what you were saying. Get your thought. Uh, I don't know. I lost it at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Just that, yeah. The diversity is uh, is really what what I I look at it is, yeah. and that's and and being able to create something new and go, hey, tonight I want Eastern North Carolina. I want the you know vinegar based you know with red pepper sauce and mm-hmm. you know. Tomorrow I might want the Memphis style ribs, you know, or Kansas city burn ends or, or something. So it's, it's definitely, you know, yeah, something that, um, you can have something different all the time. And that's what we should promote. So people know that there is that diversity. Exactly. All right. And, um, anything else you want to talk about? Anything else you got coming up and and going down and make sure everybody checks out DerekRiches.com so you can check out his main website, but you also have a Facebook group as well. And you got some YouTube videos up. So, um, yeah, a few, (laughs) how how you been doing with that? Uh, I'm still really testing the waters with it. It's just, I'm just playing around with it at this point. All righty, sir. I appreciate you being on and uh, make sure you check out DerekRiches.com and you can find out all that he's doing. There's a lot of smoker and uh, smoker and grill reviews on there, all kinds of different articles and news and check it out. And um, thanks again, Derek, for being on. I'll hopefully I'll have you on again in the, in the future and we'll talk more barbecue stuff. Hey, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. 
Well, thanks again for following the Fire and Water Cooking Podcast. Make sure you check out Derek Riches at DerekRiches.com. He's got a ton of uh, barbecue and uh, grilling information on his website and links to all his other um, platforms that he's on, Facebook, YouTube, and all that. Make sure you follow the Fire and Water Cooking Podcast. Make sure you follow Fire and Water Cooking on Facebook, Instagram, and our YouTube channel. And I'll see you again on the next Fire and Water Cooking Podcast. Thanks, guys.